0: War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePetro Show. You're listening to The John DePetro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePetro.com. This portion of the program. Folks, stop it and see them. One of our new sponsors, you also can uh, see the link on our website. It's Home Again Consignment, located right in the Governor Francis Shopping Center. Fine furniture, art, antiques, glassware, jewelry. Uh, you can buy, sell, sell in a consignment. Also, estate sales are provided. Stop it and see John. You can call him at 463-3310. Home Again Consignment, Governor Francis Shopping Center in Warwick. I want to... um. Folks, First of all, on this Thursday, I want to once again uh, just mention to people that there is still no definitive report regarding the husband and wife who were found uh, shot to death in their Cumberland home. So that is uh, Eric and Courtney. Uh, We're still waiting on Cumberland police. We understand that. They're still doing test results on this whole thing, but I am being told on this Thursday, July 7th, and until I hear differently, um, that that remains a story to watch, that that story may not be exactly what initially what a lot of people thought it was, which was, um, it was certainly understandable initially that people thought it was in fact, um, I I don't say it lightly, but it was like a murder suicide, but what what the big question that remains is if there's going to be an arrest in this case and or if police are going to uh, finally well they have to at some point issue some kind of a report so but it's going on it's it's been I know it's only been two weeks, but a lot of times I've covered some of these cases in the past and that's all they really need before they then uh, just announce here's what we believe to happen now I also want to point out. There's a significant shift right now with the um, the race for governor where Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, this has taken an interesting tack, By the way, the media is falling for this hook, line, and sinker. But think where he is. He is stuck. He's at 20%. There's a 30% undecided. So Governor McKee, I think they feel he needs to do something, but it's too early to start attacking one of his opponents, either Nelly Gobea. She's really the one, or then maybe Helena Folks, but not just yet. So, what do they do? So, the McKee campaign gives an interview to the Providence Journal, and they start attacking the Republican challenger, Ashley Kalis. So, out of nowhere now, he starts going after Kalis for. I was there, it was that luncheon that uh, they were all asked to name a politician that they admire, and Ashley Kalis said, Ron DeSantis. The, governor of florida so in light of recent news mckee campaign is asking what extent his actions in florida represent her plans for rhode island so and they say now this is the mckee campaign it's alarming ashley kalis holds up the most extreme divisive governor of america as her model for leadership said the mckee campaign manager brexton isaacs so this is according to the McKee campaign. DeSantis has championed extreme anti-LGBTQ policies, wants to ban abortions, undue progress on gun safety, uh, suggesting the Kalis administration for DeSantis signals to her folks values and priorities are out of touch with Rhode Island. Now by the way, this business uh, championed extreme policies not true, wants to ban abortions, uh, have nothing heard nothing about that in Florida. And I don't know about gun safety, Florida, uh, all states considered, up until recently actually had pretty strong gun safety rules, even different than Rhode Island. So he sent links to national news headlines such as, you know, DeSantis vows Florida. So the Kalis campaign wouldn't respond why she chose Governor DeSantis other than he is the most popular governor, certainly amongst the Republicans right now in the country, Here's her response. Dan McKee should be worried about getting out of his primary. For the last two years, he has crushed small business, handed out $3,000 bonuses to state workers, and is now bailing out the developer of the Superman building to the tune of $121 million of taxpayer dollars, all while being under federal investigation. Uh, It's time for a change. Asked where Kalis stands on recent DeSantis actions. His spokesperson said, we won't be answering cop and paste opposition dump from other campaigns. That's our quote. I like that. Good quote. Um, And then the journal, Providence Journal goes in. For the record, Kalis has declined to say if she would support DeSantis over President Trump. Well, I haven't heard any of the the Democrats running being asked if they're going to support Biden. So... But what I want you to notice, that notice this is a change in strategy for Governor McKee. So Ashley Kalis, who's just off to there to the side, who doesn't have a primary, excuse me, so she can kind of afford to be uh, not in full attack mode. The Republican challenger, most people don't even know who she is. That whole attack line is... They're looking to... McKee's got to go on the offensive. He's got to start attacking. He's now going to use panic. I'll tell you what this is. This is an element of the Democrat Party, they they always want to be in panic mode. They want to panic you. Uh, We have to do something. Now, how do you do that in, in Rhode Island when the governor is Democrat, the House Speaker is Democrat, and the Democrat Party controls the Rhode Island State House? You create a fake narrative that the Republican challenger could be bringing DeSantis-type policies here to Rhode Island. And we have to... Dan McKee's going to fight and stop that, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's what that is. That's exactly what that is. Because the problem they face is... All right, he doesn't want to attack Nellie Gobea, maybe too early to go negative. And on top of that, what is he attacking her for? If anything, they share a lot of the same policies. This is they're, They're basically trying to just um invent someone they're trying to invent someone who's like an opponent that he is going to go after so that's how that comes down now also folks in the news last night uh, i um on facebook interviewed brother gary in a black lives matter as um as tucker carlson is still talking over talking uh, about the Tierra mac twerking situation a couple interesting notes about that the providence journal has done nothing on it and that's that says something right there you know as i like to say a media outlet it says a lot about what they do cover but it also speaks volumes about what the, the stories that they don't cover so the boston globe did a story channel 10 did a story channel 6 has done a story just as far as mainstream media outlets providence journal no story and channel 12 nope we're not going to do it it is an openly gay black young black woman and we're not gonna i mean they are proving themselves to be the most uh progressive but i want you to listen in and they've a lot of the media has carried this narrative oh these are conservative right-wing groups that are against Senator Mack. well not so fast. I interviewed Brother Gary, the leader of Black Lives Matter, and listened to what he had to say about the whole thing. What do you think? What is your reaction <laughs> to the state senator, Tierra Mac, her upside-down beach-twerking video? I think it, it's really hurtful. I think it's painful for African-American
1: in America to watch one of our state leaders do this immediately. To It's a smack in the face for all the hard work that we're putting out there. And sometimes that people use their color as a weapon, and I think that she was doing good work at first, and then she goes and do this. It, it just blew my mind. I'm I'm really really not feeling that right now. It's horrible. It's 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 really.
0: You know that I is um, and so that kills the narrative. Now, good luck trying to see that on any of the local media. You know, folks, it's so. And again, you're listening to the John DePetro show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Um, the the, the fact that channel 12 would not even, we're not even going to cover it. I mean, what, what is that supposed to, what is that all about? That's not news. We're not even going to give that story the dignity. Excuse me. It made national news. She's a sitting state Senator. She used her campaign account and obviously, you know, everyone has been buzzing about it. And then suddenly they, you know, come into, they they make a strong stand. Now, the Boston Globe, I wasn't, um, I'm not exactly um, thrilled with the coverage that they did do on it, by the way. But without question, at least they did a story on it. Channel 12 is trying to say it's not a story. And obviously it is a story. It made national news. So, but that... It also does show, uh, to me, a little bit of um, preference for the Democrat Party because the Rhode Island Democrat Party, they don't want talking about that. You know, folks, I mean, there's there's always a little bit of bias with the news, but especially the other day when Governor McKee was doing a briefing and they asked him about it. He said he didn't know what it was. And any of the members of the media that were there could have taken out their phone and showed him. And said, do you think that's appropriate behavior for an elected official to post online that they did that on the beach? By the way, she's also scrambling now, Mac. She's Her TikTok account, I realize a lot of people are not on it, has absolutely exploded. She will use this to raise money. And we're going to find out in September. Because uh, that's when her primary is. Her Brother Gary's also endorsing Joe Almeida, who's running uh, for that seat. So... Um but but that there's the bias and and they all kinda laugh it off like that's just her being her. I wanna reemphasize, I believe the Republican Party, if anyone comes to your door, knocks on your door, and they're asking via vote, ask them if they're a Democrat, what did they think of the Senator Mack video? I think, you know, we've we've played some great sound on it. It's it's unprofessional, uh it's immature. That's my take on it. I go back to um when when someone said, "Oh, I, I know you're angry about it or mad about it," I'm not angry about it. it. This has been a pattern where she gets a free pass for the media for a lot of her actions because, in many ways, the you know, and I know some people won't get this, but the media they love the fact that there's this state senator who is a woman of color and and so and very openly uh, gay. And also uh, believes, you know, big. I think she works or has something to do with Planned Parenthood or an abortion clinic. So, I think they love that. So they're they're very much uh, akin to kind of avoid any negative coverage of this Senator Tierra Mack. And conversely, I think, you know, she is fair game. She's a, she's a Democrat. The the um, media, local media, they definitely jump on stories much much more aggressive if there's a Republican involved in any way, if there's any type of quote, Republican scandal, uh, you can certainly see a notable difference the way they, they treat the story. They go much more into just the facts. There's no bias here. We're reporting on what the news is. But then when it's Senator Tara Mack, someone that they like, admire, it's, oh, that's just Tara being, you know, that's just her being her, you know, you be you girl that's right girlfriend don't let the republicans you know go after you uh, that's far more of uh, the way they come down all right folks a lot more ahead you're listening to the john petro show time means grill time and for the best grill get a new grill stop in and see my friends J's broadway appliance and tv j apostrophe S yes, broadway appliance and tv located 47 cedar swamp road that's route 5 smithfield you can call them 401- nine four nine seven eight hundred springtime summer this is the best time to grill outside they have a great selection on grills they also have a great selection on all appliances family-run business since 1963 remember you're going to deal directly with the owner and they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances do you need a new refrigerator how about a new dishwasher washing machine dryer oven microwave jay's broadway appliance look for them online at jsappliance.com also on facebook springtime summer is grill time stop in and see them they're open monday through friday from 10 to 5 you can make an appointment for more personal saturday and sunday appointments jay's broadway appliance and tv 401-949-7800 better yet drive in and see them 47 cedar swamp road route 5 in smithfield to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, topetro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He's our legal expert. It is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, if you don't mind, I'd like to start off with the police. Uh, two different instances, especially apparently there was some fireworks at India Point Park and somebody was getting out of hand. And the next thing you know, There's uh, some video of someone was above and videos of the the police officers as they are apprehending the person. And then things just seem to go a little sideways after that.
1: Yes. I mean, it's astonishing that over and over and over um, there's video of interactions between cops and individuals they're attempting to apprehend. These cops have to know, or at least conduct themselves with the presumption that someone out there is videoing them. I mean, it's it's not a mystery that everyone's got a smartphone and everyone's videoing everything they see. So in this situation, you're right. There was uh, fireworks. People are leaving. And the two Providence cops who were involved in this situation, it's not like they're rookies. One, I believe, is a captain. One, I believe, yeah. is a lieutenant. One's been right. on for over 20 years. One's been oh. on for, I think, more than 15 years. So these are experienced men. And there's a video. They're attempting to apprehend a suspect. And like, just, just like we should presume that cops know they're being videoed, um, every one of these situations, which goes sideways um, to one degree or another, it's when somebody's resisting arrest. So we get this yep. guy, he's resisting arrest, he's resisting arrest. You see these two cops attempting to wrestle him to the ground. I can't tell from the video at the time that one of the cops, you know, con- makes the guy's head contact the pavement if um, there was already, um, the guy was already cuffed. But you can hear the guy, that one of the cops on the video say, stop moving, stop moving. And after a command to stop move, apparently the guy doesn't stop moving. So the cop kind of takes his head and pounds it into the pavement. Now, that's the part that goes viral. That's the part that um, puts this officer in a terrible light um, if and if you take that one or two seconds of the video, it's quite damning. Now the question is when it gets further analysis. If they've got, if it's taking two cops to get this guy on the ground and he's still resisting arrest allegedly, and the cops are saying stop resisting and he doesn't stop resisting, well maybe they can make the message a little clearer and I'm not justifying what they did, but is police protocol. If the guy won't stop resisting, is it appropriate to tase him? Like what are the cops to do when this um, individual, like many others, I guess the new, the new paradigm is just resist arrest and see which you know, if the guy didn't resist arrest, he wouldn't have got his head pounded into the ground. Was it appropriate for the cop to do that? I'm not passing judgment. It certainly doesn't look good, but I'm not sure what police training would call for in that situation. If a person continues to resist, even when they're on the ground squirming, pushing, you know, I'm not exactly sure what he was doing to to resist. The cop gave several commands, stop, stop, um, he didn't say stop resisting, but stop doing what you're doing. And apparently the guy didn't stop what he was doing. Will there be an internal affairs investigation? Yes. Will these cops be suspended? Yes. Um, will there be a bill of rights hearing? Yes. I don't think the chief has called for either of these cops to be terminated much like the chief came out, I think a little too quickly. Yeah. With Uh, the situation uh, on Lugo. Um, there was no pronouncement that this, these two have to be fired or at least the one who um, took the guy's head and pushed it into the pavement. Um, is it a termination offense? It's, I think it's too soon to say. What's the yeah. appropriate discipline? It's too soon to say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the, like we say so often, the original headline, the original story, there's typically a lot more to it. I don't know if other videos of this will surface. I don't know if these cops had body cameras, which would have caught perhaps more of the dialogue between the cops and the suspect. But I know one of the cops commanded several times, "Stop resisting! Stop resisting!" And the guy didn't stop.
0: Mm. Now, folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, there's actually been an update on this story. Number one, Province Police sent out a press release with you know, kind of describing the incident and they they included a mug, the mugshot of uh, the suspect and his, his face is, he's got a a black eye, but it's not like it's a huge gash or it's not like his, you know, his head was caped in. I think the other thing that's interesting, I believe I just heard that for whatever reason, they didn't have their body cams on. Um, You know, it seems typical when I've interviewed some of the police brass, they talk about so many times with police, they could do, 95% of the things right. And then in that last split second, when they lose their cool boom, that's when all hell breaks loose. They obviously didn't realize there was someone up above who was videotaping them and they think it's just a quick second. They lose their temper, but look at how this thing kind of blows up on them.
1: Well, it's exactly right. And you know, body cams are supposed to be to preserve evidence of these interactions with potential suspects for, for the suspect's protection and the cop's protection as to what right. did or didn't happen so that they didn't have mom is not a good sign. And the fact that, you know, this, this suspect winds up with a black eye because his face made contact with the mm-hmm. pavement because the cop pushed his head down. I mean, there's no getting around it. So you're right. I mean, for 90% of that interaction, it seemed to be rather textbook. And at the, in the last few seconds of the video is where you know it could be argued that the cop went too far and he had a guy on the ground and the guy was subdued and that uh, smashing his head into the ground was Mm -hmm. an overreaction and uncalled for um i think the cop is going to have a hard time justifying his conduct Um, if there's no other video or nothing more than the video that we've seen, because all you, you, you don't hear anything the suspect says, you don't hear anything the other cop says, you just hear the one guy who you know, pushed his head into the ground saying, stop resisting, stop resisting. Is that appropriate police practice to subdue a defendant? I don't know. It doesn't look okay. like it would be.
0: Um, w- one last thing on this apparently, they're also claiming that they found a a small knife, but nonetheless on his body. Is that oh, d- two other elements of that? One is that they they claim they found a knife on him, and then the other one is the police officer who uh allegedly spiked his head into the payment, he's out on injury leave. Is that is that a legal maneuver to maybe let everything settle down, or what about those just two two well, details of the case? I
1: mean, he. I don't know if he's a cop that gets involved these days because he's a higher rank. Does he get involved with many takedowns and wrestling Mm. with suspects? Perhaps he did injure himself in the altercation. I do think this cop will get charged with at least um, misdemeanor, simple assault, if nothing more. Um, Mm -hmm. Could it be a felony assault? Sure it could. And, you know... There's the legal end of things and there's the political end of things, and this video will go somewhat viral. So I would expect that the cop who pushed the suspect's head into the pavement will get charged with at least a misdemeanor, if not a felony, because of this conduct. And I do think it warrants um, a strong likelihood that criminal charges will be filed against him. Because it does appear to be an overreaction and an um, excessive use of force.
0: Folks, we're going to take a, a quick break. Much more ahead, our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John petro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401-732-1730 j perry paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 for j perry paving we're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, again, another police officer in the news. Uh, this is, you know, you talk about many times, if, if there's no deal to be had, uh, a lot of times defendants feel they might as well roll the dice and, and take a, a shot in court. And that seems to be what's happening with this Dolan case. People may remember it was the off-duty Patekka copy and one sip of beer uh, went after these kids that were going to get a pizza. They're watching the NBA Finals of so last June in uh, west greenwich and then he came flying out of the truck one after one went around to the driver's side actually shot uh the the driver could have actually killed them um but then he um he now is saying that he will go to trial
1: well, yes this off-duty cop his conduct at the time when he had an altercation with these three young men the cop, the off-duty cops conduct in my mind is really inexplicable there's no good rationale for what he did chasing them firing a weapon hitting the, the I believe the driver in the arm yep um very excessive overreactive conduct he, i don't think he's ever been able to articulate what he thought was being Committed in terms of a crime, why he needed to give chase, why he didn't call it in, why he had to pull a weapon, what was the need to use deadly force under the circumstances? the The answer is there was no need to use deadly force. There was there was a crazy thing in. My-
0: Folks, uh, I apologize. We had a small technical glitch. We're back with Attorney Tim Dot. Tim, uh, we had been setting up the Officer Dolan case, and it 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 sounds like, are Are you surprised at what was being reported as the deal that they, they offered him.
1: Uh, I think that it, the deal that he was offered was, I think a very attractive deal. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm more surprised that he rejected it. Remember, this is the same cop who seems to have some issues yeah. from all appearances. This is the same cop who got charged with, I think, a domestic assault, domestic disorderly, for, um, I think his wife and kid were trying to get away from him yeah, and he threw something at the car and smashed the windshield oh. I mean he seems like he, I can't say he has some anger management or psychological issue I would never say that but certainly um, all the indicia seem to be there that this cop is behaving in an inexplicably aggressive manner now What happened, and we've talked in the past about what happens at a Fry hearing. Um, The defendant here, Dolan, and his attorney, who is a very good attorney, Mike Colucci is an excellent trial attorney. He does a lot of cop cases. He does very well with cop cases. Uh, I think this is a tough one, but Dolan is in very good hands. So when the plea bargaining concludes and the defendant receives the last best offer, in terms of a plea bargain that he's going to get, he either accepts it or he rejects it. If he rejects the um, last best plea bargained offer from the state, there's what's called a fry hearing where the judge will say, okay, Mr. Prosecutor, what are the charges? What's the possible penalties? What's the offer? And the AG will go through that. And then the judge will say, have you heard this? Have you discussed this with your attorney? And are you um, electing to um, reject the last best offer from the state? And are you electing to go to trial? So it's all on the record so that, you know, if there's a trial and it goes bad, the def- in the old days, defendants many times, were, well, my lawyer never told me about that deal. Mm. My lawyer didn't pitch it that way. So to avoid a defendant who loses... Uh, in part turning on either their attorney or the whole system saying, no one ever told me. Now it's all on the record. You've been told, and you're rejecting this. So this guy has four counts. He has one count of felony assault with serious personal injuries resulting. That's a felony with a maximum sentence of 20 years. He's also been charged with a second count of felony assault without personal, serious personal injuries, occurring. That's up to six years. The third count is another felony assault with a penalty of up to six years. But then the fourth one is a tough one. Um, utilizing a, a gun in the commission of a crime of violence is a, another one with a maximum of 20 years. This guy was offered on count one, 15 years with five to serve, 10 suspended. On the second, um, six years, all suspended, running concurrent. On the third count, six years suspended, running concurrent. And on the last charge, utilizing a gun in the commission of a crime of violence, uh, he was offered um, 20 years suspended, but that would be consecutive to count one. So basically, he'd have 15 years, five to serve, 10 suspended. And after the 10 suspended concluded he'd have another 20 behind him so he would have after he serves his five an additional 30 years of suspended sentence hanging over his head that's a lot of time that's a lot of time that you can make a mistake and wind up back in prison but if he would stay out of trouble and amend his ways um he could get out of this with five to serve and probably be out in three years now, oh. cops in prison is not a pleasant thing for the cop. Typically, right. you've got to be in um, a separate, you know, protective That's custody. custody. Yeah. Um, it's not a great time, but he's not going to do five years. He'd probably be out in three, three and a half years. Um, oh. He rejected that. So now he's going to trial um, on charges, which could result maximum in over 50 years in prison. Is he going to get 50 years in prison? No. But if he goes to trial and loses, um, I'll bet you he catches more than five years to serve. So he's really rolling the dice here. Um, I'm sure Mike Colucci, his attorney, informed him of all the all the ins and outs and the pluses and the minuses. Um, ultimately, it's the defendant's choice. He rejected the deal. So he's going to trial. It's, oh. um, it's going to be a big role to have walked away from something where you know you're going to catch five years and get out of prison in less than five years. Um, I don't know if I would have made the same choice were I he.
0: Tim Dodd, does he um, does he have the choice of a bench trial and then that if he's done successfully get a jury trial?
1: Well, no, he's gonna make the election. He can ch- choose to One have a other. jury trial or he can waive the jury and have what yep. we call a bench trial or it's right. just a judge who's going to determine uh, what happens. I don't know if that decision has been made. Um, if you have a jury trial, typically um, what the jury hears, the judge and lawyers have to be much more careful in what's put in front of the jury. When it's a judge trial sitting without a jury, um, there's a little bit more leeway. Typically, if you're a defendant you're looking for the win before the jury. But if you don't get the win before the jury, you're looking to create and preserve as many appellate issues as possible. So you can try to maybe get yourself a new trial or get your conviction if you happen to lose reversed. And there's much more um, appellate issues which are typically raised and preserved during a jury trial as opposed to a bench trial. So it's another big decision for this guy.
0: Yeah, um, before we take a break, Tim Dodd, the shooting in in Chicago, uh, it seems to be the, you know, just the beginning. It's gonna be a slew of charges. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna result. I'm not sure Illinois is a death penalty state, but I'm just curious why Tim Dodd in a situation like this, uh, they don't introduce some form of a terrorism type of, of charge simply because when you think about it, there's no robbery, it seems random he's it's really designed to just create exactly what it did which is just sheer terror uh 7 or 8 dead more people very very wounded in the hospital it, 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 is there something do you think that could be enacted that would would be heavier like i don't they get matters for the whether it's the buffalo shooter or the texas shooter they seemed that like their their fate seems already decided for them in the mind that they know that it's, it's almost as if they're like leaving the planet or leaving their life and they're doing this a, as they exit. Is, is there some reason why there isn't a, a terrorism charge enacted here?
1: Well, typically, um, well, there are federal charges that could be brought in the, in the terrorism vein. I am not certain whether or not um, Illinois has state statutes which would cover this type of activity and whether it would cover the definition if they do have a state terrorism um, charge or enhancement. I, I don't know the law in Illinois per se. I mean, he could go through this trial for the first degree murder charges, and he could wind up looking at a subsequent federal trial for um, um, terrorism if you know the facts support it. I think you're right. I think the, te- the facts do support um, some terrorist enhancement Um, There's no other purpose to this than this randomly killing people. Um, It's not a situation where any particular ethnicity, race, sex, national origin, or anything else, he was just going to hit anyone he could hit. Um, So it's not like he had it in for a particular group. He was just looking to create chaos at this 4th of July um, event. And, you know, it's another clearly mentally disturbed person we're learning more about this guy's home life what his parents were like you know what their parenting challenges were um it it sounds like this kid was just the product of an extremely messed up home um, a very dysfunctional situation and how do you legislate around that i mean all of these laws, however well-intended, I don't know that they're going to be able to stop, you know, mentally disturbed people coming from mentally disturbed, or um, not mentally disturbed, but, you know, dysfunctional households, how you're ever going to successfully legislate to stop all of these events from happening. I guess the only way would be to have a um, uniform Elimination of the Second Amendment and people's rights to bear arms, which I don't think is going to happen as a practical matter. And I don't think it's a solution which makes sense to deny, you know, the rights of 300 million people because you get these mentally disturbed people out there. It's 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 a challenge which I don't know can successfully be met through legislation alone.
0: Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here on The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, an urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families specializing and ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, at med urgent care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost efficient healthcare alternative to hospital based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk in routine, urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic, and trauma, work related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with at med urgent care. They offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dutt. Tim, Saturday was uh, one for the books. All of a sudden, out of nowhere in Boston, this group Patriot Front. They got khaki pants. They have these white neck Gordias covering their faces. They have sunglasses, hats, they have a snare drum, flags, they're marching. Uh I think there were one hundred of them possibly. At some point they encountered a, a person of color. Either he took a swing at them or they took a swing at them. Anyhow, they even took the tea up. There were people filming them before they got there. And then they just fled they didn't break anything they they marched seemingly it down to the freedom trail and then they marched back to the t and now the the mayor of boston is saying you know we didn't they didn't tell us they were going to be doing this and they didn't they didn't get a permit uh to march even though i i, I cover all these protests i've never heard of any of these people getting a permit does this fall under the guys guise they're basically saying they want to charge them and they wouldn't have allowed them but I think of you know we use the example of Skokie, Illinois, and the the Nazis, the heavy Jewish section, and and the ACLU supported them. I I what what is your take on Mayor Wu in the city of Boston? They're basically saying I get the feeling, Tim Dodd, if they had applied for a permit, they wouldn't have granted one to this group. Well,
1: I I think if had they applied for a permit. And if they were denied a permit, they would have a cause of action against oh. the city of Boston for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, we may not like, in the least, we might detest what this group stands for, um, but they've got First Amendment rights and they've got a right, you know, to apply for a permit to have a parade or a demonstration And like many other organizations who some, you might love some, you might loathe, um, they have a right to ask for permission to have their event. Now the mayor's correct that this group did not ask for a permit. They did not apply for a permit. So that's a technically, um, technically is violative of violates the law. Um, To your point, many other groups that decide you know after different events that they're going to protest they're going to march they're going to do this and that i don't know that any of those groups when no. they're protesting and marching they're not getting permits they're not getting prosecuted for that so i think if this group were to be prosecuted um, for some criminal violation um, you would presume a group like the aclu might step in and say we hate what this group stands for but they do have first amendment rights and they shouldn't be targeted for prosecution to the exclusion of other groups. Um, they didn't break anything. They didn't damage anything. No. They didn't loot anything. They didn't hit anyone. They didn't damage anything. They didn't light anything thing on fire. Um, I guess those are quote unquote positives um, for a, you know, a, a, a loathsome group, but um, I don't know that they broke any laws per se as they conducted their march they didn't try to hide that they were coming as you say they took the tea yeah and then they they dispersed it was a very peculiar um, uh, set of events as it as it unfolded um i I think the mayor is reacting more from a political spec perspective than you know, any law enforcement perspective when she says that she's investigating whether they should be prosecuted.
0: (laughs) The snare drum, they got the flags. I mean, they marched to the freedom trail and marched back. Now, Tim Dodd, conversely, this story out of East Providence, I don't get it. So again, it's one of these type groups. And apparently, you know, people are saying these white supremacy groups are, are growing. This is, they're called three something. But anyhow, so there's two of them. One's from Portsmouth, I think. Yeah, and the other one's from Arizona. <clears throat> and they um, they arrested them. They were putting up flyers. And again, I, I don't in any way condone. I don't know these groups. I don't like any group that doesn't show their face. But they're putting up flyers like, hey, if anybody wants to join our, our organization. They had a staple gun. They're putting them on telephone poles. And they were they arrested two of them. Now, I, I, I don't I, – I see – Yard sale, uh, furniture. We buy junk cars. I see all that stuff on telephone poles. What about these? To me, Tim Dodd, it seems more that they, the people, they don't like the group, and I don't blame them. But, but I, I just I fail to see where they're breaking any law here.
1: Well, you're right. This is another situation where it's a, it's somewhat of a selective uh, prosecution, and again, we can despise the organization but have to recognize that they should not be treated differently than other groups. You're right. I mean, somebody has a yard sale. They, they take a staple gun and they're stapling their, their yard sale signs to telephone poles. In many communities, that's an infraction. You're not supposed to be doing that. Well, but I don't know of anyone that's ever been prosecuted. And when you put up your yard sale sign, you're putting typically your address right there. It's no mystery. Right. Like who's putting the signs up. Um, so three individuals or two individuals from this group were charged um, for violating a city ordinance against posting signs to utility poles. Oh, so they were arrested and charged. But but I believe that would only be a civil violation. Uh, I'm not sure it's even to the level of a petty misdemeanor, but um, I'm not sure how, excuse me, how far the city of East Providence wants to take this because if they want to have a uniform of that particular ordinance, there's lots of people who could be charged. You know, I, I see signs on telephone poles all over like, um, it's a cheap way to advertise, but you see people advertising lawyers for, let's say, bankruptcies. You know, so-and-so yeah. does bankruptcies for X dollars, and they're stapled to, to telephone polls and the like. Um, I've never thought that was an effective way to advertise, but it's also apparently in violation of the law, if I guess at least you're in the city of East Providence. Um it's it's an odd group here, this white supremacist group. One, three, one. They they, they yeah. do have certain First Amendment rights to say what right. they want to say. They can they can print leaflets, they can pass them out. Uh, maybe they can't put them on telephone poles, but um, this smacks of selective prosecution, if you will.
0: And just um, on this, it was they they say they both charge obstruction of an officer and execution of duty. Is is that as simple as? They didn't immediately, you know, put out their hands to be cuffed or something like that. I mean, it sounds pretty, pretty minor.
1: Well, if there was some serious attempt to resist arrest or oh, not identify, okay. let's assume the cops said, what's your name? And I'm yeah. not giving you my name. Right. I mean, if it was something serious, I think the cops would have been more than happy to yeah. put it out there in the media. So it sounds like a stretch to say they obstructed the cops. Maybe they didn't give their name. Maybe they gave a wrong name. Maybe they refused to identify themselves. Maybe they refused to identify who put these things on the telephone poles. But it seems like something that should easily be disposed of um, if, if it's really been charged criminally. It's, it's really um, penny any stuff in the criminal world, if you will.
0: Folks, let's speaking with our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, two more stories. One is, you know, it was last 4th of July weekend when the rise of the Moors first uh, appeared on 95. is a huge story. There they are. They're a sovereign nation. And the Boston Globe, to the credit, did a follow-up a year later. It, it sounds like that, the you know, members of the group are just locked in, that they won't follow guidelines. They won't work with an appointed attorney. They – I don't know where this is going. It, it sounds like they're not getting out anytime fast.
1: Well, I believe two of the members are still still being held without bail for whatever yeah. reason. I'm not sure if they were unable to post bail, if they refused to post bail, if they didn't recognize the court's authority, but it sounds like they're just looking for, if not a show trial, then just a complete attempt to undermine the court system. My understanding is that most, if not all, of these individuals are representing themselves So when they're brought into court, the judge will say, like, what's your name and address? I refuse. I'm not a citizen of the country. You can't force me to provide that information. And at every turn, they are um, asserting arguments which don't pass legal muster. But courts have a tough time. Frequently, I'm in court all the time, and many times when the court is confronted with a belligerent, uncooperative, or a person who's not making lots of sense, who is not represented by counsel, um, the court has to interact with s- such individuals differently. Um, got to give them a little leeway, got to let them say what they need to say, but in in the case of the, uh, the rise of the Moors, um, it's, it's hard to make sense of what their theory is as to why yeah. they are not subject to the laws of the United States. Their mm. claim is they're not citizens. Um, their claim is they're um, living under some treaty that the U.S. Um, um, got involved in with an African nation back in the 1800s. But it's, it's lots of words and it's lots of assertions, but none of it really hangs together as a legal theory uh, to say you're not a citizen and you're not bound by the laws of the country and that you can right. do whatever you want vis-a-vis being armed uh, anywhere you want, anytime you want. Um, so they're just going to vex, harass, and frustrate the court system for mm-hmm. as long as they can. But ultimately, these cases will come up to trial Sure. And if they won't plea bargain, they will have a show trial, which they will try to make as much confusion and chaos as they mm. possibly can.
0: And tip down, finally, is this anything more than politics? Governor McKee announcing that anyone that comes to Rhode Island seeking refugees, refuge because of Roe B. Wade, that they have safe refuge in Rhode Island?
1: Well, I, I, I'm sure there's a, a lot of po- political component to it. But what the governor is saying is consistent with the law that we've passed in Rhode Island in anticipation of Roe one day being overturned. Um, So I think what the the governor has done by executive order, the question would always be, what's the enforceability of an executive order as opposed to legislation passed by the General Assembly? Um, That has yet to be um, litigated if anyone chooses to do so. But, you know, road does create, overturning road does create some issues, uh, people going state to state. What if you live in a state where um, abortions are completely banned by state statute, and you want to get mail order, um, um, you know, the, the day after abortion pills? Well, is that breaking the law? I mean, these are issues that I don't have the answer to, but these jurisdictions are going to have to deal with. Um, what if <clears throat> people want to cross borders and go from one state to the other, and the state that has banned abortions somehow criminalizes going elsewhere to get your abortion? those These things are all going to make their way through the court system. And any, law that the anti-abortion states if you will puts forth will be challenged um i I do think it's a provocative thing to say well we're an anti-abortion state and we're somehow going to try to outlaw you mail ordering yourself um you know day after abortion pills i don't think that's feasible um I think it creates a whole boatload of problems in terms of enforcement and constitutionality. So, you know, although Roe has been overturned, I think we're in for years of litigation on all aspects of um, the ongoing battle between states that favor abortions and states that are trying to limit them as much as they can. It's it's, the issue is not concluded. It's going to be fought for years.
0: Folks, he is our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always, and we will talk to you again.
1: Thanks, John. Take care. The Coheset
0: Inn, 226 Coheset Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition. Since 1977, delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coheset Inn. Stop it and see them. All year round, 226 Coecid Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coecid Inn.